As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We have a very special guest today. I'm very excited. Teddy Greenstein we used to work together on a Big Ten Network show in 2011. <laughs> Teddy's here because he's just written a book called Quarterback Dads, Wild Tales from the Field. And he wrote it with Donovan Dooley, who's also a, a quarterback coach who has lots of uh, horror stories about quarterback dads. Teddy, what got you into the idea of writing about the I, – I, are, these, are these the craziest parents in sports? Yeah, Andy, these are the stage moms. And by the way, those were fun days where you and I were torturing uh, Jerry DiNardo on the set of Big Ten yes. Network. I think he was thrilled when those shows were over. Uh, you and I, the most opinionated sports writers out there. But um, yeah, so it's July 4th of 2020, and I get a text message from an old friend. And he says, hey, you know, my kid's train, training to be a quarterback, and we've hired this guy named Donovan Dooley uh, in Detroit. And he says, Donovan's got amazing stories about quarterback dads. So this guy goes, do you know anyone who'd want to ghostwrite his book? And I said, I do know somebody. That would be me. I mean, at this point, <laughs> I'm in my late 40s. I've never written a book. And like, you know, think about how rich this topic is, Andy. Oh, my God. It's football. It's yep. quarterbacks. It's who's next, right? Everybody always wants to know who they're going to be seeing on their TV screen in three, five, eight years. And then also, I've got two girls who play soccer. So I'm into the whole youth sports thing. So I talked to Donovan. And one early impression he made he had been somewhere at a camp and he hear, he hears all these quarterback dads just bitching like, oh, my kid should have been the MVP and man, my offensive coordinator screwed my kid. So he decides to grab a bunch of note cards and he hands them to the kids and he says, guys, write something on there that you wish you could tell your parent, but it's going to be anonymous. And these kids are writing stuff like my arm is killing me or mom, before you came along, I had a chance to start. So he felt compelled to find a writer who is going to get the word out there that dads need to chill out. Well, and and you talk to a lot of dads, some who are chill and some who are not so chill. Uh, you talk to Carl Williams, who's Caleb's dad, uh, Brock Vandegrift's dad. Brock is the, the quarterback at Georgia right now. Uh, you you talk to, to Kurt Warner, who is a, a quarterback dad slash quarterback coach. The most yep. interesting quarterback dad you interviewed for this book and as i'm reading the book because there's a 
there's a quarterback dad who hovers over all other quarterback dads, and he shows up a lot in the book, and that's Mar Marinovich. If, if yeah. folks who don't know, Mar Marinovich was a, a former USC player turned strength coach who basically tried to make his son Todd a lab rat and yes. wouldn't feed him sugar, wouldn't, you know, basically controlled every aspect of his upbringing to create the perfect quarterback. He did create a USC quarterback who got drafted, who then washed out of the NFL because of drugs. But Todd Marinovich is yeah. a quarterback dad now. And you talk to him about this. Yeah. So our buddy Michael Rosenberg gets an assist for this one. So Andy, when I conceived of the book, my first two targets were Todd Marinovich and Archie Manning because I felt like then I'd have both spectrums covered, both ends mm -hmm. of it. So with Todd, um, it was as hard to reach him as you would expect to reach yes. Todd Marinovich. It was text message, missed phone call, text, missed phone call, maybe get a text back, can't set it up. Finally, I do get him on the phone. Uh, I got about an hour with him, and then he goes, hey, man, my phone's on 1%. I'll call you back. I said, great. Never heard from him again. But in that hour, learned a lot of interesting stuff about his upbringing. Yeah, he was turned into a science project. His dad determined that Todd was going to be a quarterback. And in his crib, he's stretching Todd's legs, and he's having him teeth on kidney. And yeah. Todd's the kid who's when he's going to birthday parties, has to bring his own cake. I know that was not you. You're going to eat the cake that's being served. Absolutely. So um, the crazy part about Todd now is he has a son named Baron. Todd would like Baron to be a golfer or maybe a tennis player or maybe a bocce player or anything but football. And of course, Baron wants to play football. He wants to play quarterback. And if you're Todd, you're totally conflicted because obviously Todd can teach him the position and get him prepared. So where he's not going to really be hurt, right? So where he knows where he's going before the snap. But Todd doesn't want to kid to really play quarterback so what do you do it's 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 amazing and and he's trying his best and uh, you talk it it's it's interesting the spectrum like the more accomplished the dad is in sports the less interested he is in being the the helicopter like uh pep hamilton you mentioned uh who is the the offense coordinator of the houston texans has a son now who's a quarterback and his thing is i've hired this quarterback coach yes you do it i'm gonna leave you alone yeah. <laughs> Pep Hamilton, you know, he, he was good enough to train Andrew Luck. He knows more yes. about quarterback play than 99.9999% of society, but he has a job. So he realizes like, I'm not going to be my kid's quarterback coach. I'm going to help him, but he's using Steve Wilson and Donovan Dooley and, you know, overseeing the project. But you know, he's an example of a great quarterback dad. And as you saw, we have 15 types of quarterback dad listed 12 bad, three good. <laughs> the three good include the coach dad, and that is Pep Hamilton because he goes to the workouts and observes. He doesn't jump in there. He's not on the field filming every single rep. So, you know, those are the quarterbacks that are going to be more successful. That I did love, I think it's chapter three where you break down the types of quarterback dads. And yeah. it is it is spectacular because there is it's a it's a pretty exhaustive list and I, I know Donovan helped kind of get that get that started and, and, oh, and yeah. get them codified but the 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 bragging dad the weed the weed dad's my favorite I've dealt with a lot the of weed, weed dad. dads we threw for 400 yards no we did not we're looking at SEC schools you know and if if we don't start as a sophomore you know we're probably gonna portal <laughs> and it, it really is like 
the the correlation between these guys and the the pageant moms, the uh, what was the show that the the well, little they, the little girls in the pageants that was on I mean TV I years ago. Every time I go to my living room, Dance Moms is on, and yes. I just want to be like, "How many flipping seasons are there of Dance Moms?" It's taken over my television. But it's the same. It's the same concept, and it's the same. Yes. Parents, there's a parental obsession right. with your child. Maybe you have more money than sense in a lot of cases. It, it, it is interesting to me that that quarterback football is interesting because, unlike a lot of youth sports. You don't have to be rich to play football to get a scholarship for for playing football. You got to be pretty pretty well off in baseball, volleyball, softball, soccer because you're paying for all the travel ball and all that growing up as the kid grows up. In football, if you're a cornerback, like you don't have to spend a dime. But if you're a quarterback, you you are putting in for so Teddy. You mentioned there's a QB coach you mentioned in your book named Will Hewlett. And I was talking mm -hmm. to him uh, a few months ago, and he was explaining to me that he once had a call out of the blue from a guy who said, I would like you to train my son. And Will, I think at the time, was in Florida. And Will said, oh, great. That's that's great. Where, uh, where are you guys? Thinking that it was somebody nearby. And said, oh, we're in California. Don't worry. We've got a jet. We'll, we'll send the kid to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what a lot of this is. Like, I was just having breakfast with Greg Holcomb, who trains J.J. McCarthy. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me, for example, like, Jim McCarthy has a camp coming up. It's $200. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, not his camp. It's $200 for the quarterbacks. It's $50 for the cornerbacks and wide receivers. Yeah. Because they need those guys there because, you know, to run routes and defend and all that stuff. And that's just accepted. I think that's symbolic of it. Like, we have a dad in here, Adam Archer. His son is Kane, who's you know, kind of on the Arkansas border and he's already been offered by a bunch of schools. And indeed his quarterback coach is in California. And he says, I'm willing to go broke to make sure my kid has everything he can. And a lot of it too, is like the dads who weren't as successful playing, who think, Hey, maybe if my dad had a little, been a little more committed, I would have been in the NFL. Those are the ones who are going to spend and spend and spend. And, and they look at it at, uh, as an investment. There's so much Uncle Rico going on here. Like, <laughs> so much. I could throw a football over the mountains if Coach had just put me in. We would have won state. That's another that's, type of quarterback dad, right? Yes, I, that, <laughs> okay. That's the one who exactly, I, I forget the name of it, but it's the one who swears he would have been an All-American if he hadn't blown out his knee. You, you so. mentioned J.J. McCarthy, who's at Michigan now. Uh, he was splitting time with Cade McNamara last year. Yep. Hockey background was very interesting to me. This is a theme that that goes through your book, and I'm assuming this is something that that Donovan really wanted to make sure got out there. I know this is something that every college coach wants every player to know: do not specialize, play lots of different sports. Exactly. That that really is the theme throughout. One of the themes throughout the book, and Joel Klatt talks about it, and Brady Quinn talks about it, and Andy, you know this, but but the reasons you don't want to specialize, it starts out with you don't want to put that much strain on your shoulder. I mean, you don't want to be throwing for more than probably nine months a year. Then also, a kid is just going to lose interest. I yeah. mean, look, if you're playing tennis every single day or football every single day, you, you, you know, have that huge risk of burnout. But the, the biggest reason to play other sports is it's better for your body. So, you know, they, they say, like, go outside and play tag. I mean, the skills of, like, avoiding 
Uh, yeah. The rush. I mean, that's all the same. Now, you know, play basketball, run track, do what you love. If you're going to play baseball, you know, it's not bad if you're a pitcher because you're building up arm strength, but it's actually better if you're a second baseman or shortstop. You're going to be working on your agility. You're going to be working on making all those off-angle throws that we see the NFL guys make, like Patrick Mahomes. Patrick so Mahomes. That, middle, the, those arm slots job. come from come from trying to throw out base runners. Like you, you can t- when he throws, like when he's kind of on the move, and he's got a guy running a drag, and and he's got a guy in his face, and he has to kind of dip it three quarter. Like that, yeah. that is directly from throwing out base runners. Yeah, and that was a revelation to me. I always thought, oh my God, you got to be a pitcher. I think Matt Ryan was a pitcher. A lot of those guys were pitchers in high school. But think about playing second base or shortstop. That's the best spot. Wow, that's it. It is amazing. And and you know, you talked to the Carl Williams aspect of it. So Carl is is Caleb Williams' dad, and Carl, I've not met him. I've read a lot about him. Uh, I talked yep. to a lot of people who know him. Seems like a very smart guy. He's a real estate broker. Yes. Uh, very successful in business, but they are so calculated with every. Because I, I had a coach who worked with Caleb at Oklahoma who told me some stuff about just how you know the the planning that the family had done for his career, and then yes. I read it in your book where, where you like Carl is talking about how the NFL TV contract is up the same year that Caleb. Yes. Would would get into the league, and I I know from talking to the people who worked with with Caleb that they are they they have planned it all out basically till he signs his second contract in the NFL. Man, Carl Williams is the quarterback dad with answers. Uh, he is a fascinating figure. Uh, it's interesting. I, I meant to contact him before the season, and somehow it, it escaped my grasp, and then. You know, the Texas-Oklahoma game happens. And I'm like, you idiot. You blew it. Your only chance was to establish this before the season. This guy's going to be way too famous now. Exactly. So I'm texting him during the season. And then, you know, Oklahoma's saying, you know, that, that Caleb can't speak. So Carl respected that. But he said, hey, maybe I'll get you after the season. And he stuck to his word. And we spoke several times. So I referred to him. Yeah, he's the quarterback dad with answers because Caleb um, was a running back. And at one point he decides, you know, at like age 11, I want to play quarterback. And not only do I want to play quarterback, I want to be the best of all time. And this flips something for Carl. He says, if you want to, if, if, if you're for real about that, we'll do whatever it takes. Uh, so first thing he does, he opens a gym. <laughs> so he basically right. has a gym there. And, and Caleb is doing what they call the breakfast club. He's up at 4.30 in the morning, I think four days a week, including Saturday. And Caleb is just incredibly dedicated to this. Carl never misses a snap. There was like one half of one middle school game that Carl didn't see. And he cut short a meeting and he said, I flew, you know, I went 120 on the beltway. And this is just a middle school game. So total dedication to the sun. And then, of course, so much thought that went into picking Oklahoma. They at one point said, hey, even if there's no scholarship, we're going to pick a school simply based on the best situation. Again, that that was that was one of the more fascinating pieces of of that because he was going to have Caleb walk on wherever he thought was the best spot or where, wherever Caleb thought was the best spot. And I mean, that's the luxury you have when you are financially successful. Exactly. But the fact of the matter was, I, I think they probably understood based on how good Caleb was. They were only going to pay for a year. If they did that. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, that's sort of an exaggeration that he brought that up. But I think the concept was we're willing to pay 
$40,000 a year because this kid eventually, if he's as good as we think he is, is going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. So it was that thought of, we're not just going to grab something. And then it's the same thing, you know, with transferring to USC because Andy, I'll tell you, I talked to Carl like a couple days after Lincoln Riley left. And at that point, I thought there was no chance for SC because they were steamed. What Lincoln was able to do was convince them that, hey, I couldn't contact you guys. It would have been tampering. And then he was able to win them over again. And obviously, they love the system and they believe that being at USC is his best chance to be number one pick in the draft. Yeah, it. I, I, I'm fascinated to watch all that unfold because they definitely seem to have a plan and yes. are looking way past college with it. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It feels like there's there's a you know you split it up into a lot more categories, but there, there definitely is a common theme of there are coaches' kids and there are you know the the dads who aren't because the, the the dads who are coaches and Brock Vandegrift's dad Greg is is the one exactly. I think you, you focus on the most that I think is is really interesting and Greg Vandegrift did not have the upbringing of a a QB dad you know he right. he he had a pretty rough upbringing he becomes a high school football coach because of the impact his high school football coach made on him. And now he's got, now Brock's not the only athlete in the family. He's got, they got a volleyball yes. player and a softball player as well. But like that, that was an interesting one where they had the scholarship at Oklahoma that Caleb Williams yeah. ended up taking. Andy, I, I really thought that you would love that chapter more than anything else on, on the band of grips because uh, you've got Greg and right. His father was in prison for 19 years, so he didn't have these advantages. And, and Greg, you know, went into it though. Very, very savvy. Like one thing he told me that coaches do is like a quarterback verbally commits to a school and the coach says, that's awesome, man. Keep it low key for just a couple days while we work on our social media. And as soon as they hang up the phone, they're calling the higher ranked quarterback to try to get him to commit. So there are these committable offers and non-committable and all these different things. Also in that chapter, I hope you enjoyed where he's talking about going around to the different SEC schools and yeah. some are complete bleep shows, you know, like yep. he goes to Arkansas and nobody shows up to greet him for 30 minutes and he goes to Mississippi State and the golf cart is wet. But guess what happens when he goes to Alabama? They're talking to him as soon as he's driving off the highway and as soon as he pulls up, he pulls into a spot where his golf cart has been occupied. And then somebody hands him a card, a laminated card, here are your next five hours. And then, of course, the Nick Saban visit is an interesting one, too. So 
Greg is one of these guys. He really knows this stuff. There's a lot of knowledge and little little pearls in that chapter. Would you expect anything less from Nick Saban though? That I just I I started laughing out loud when I read in the book that that Alabama instructs you to call when you get off on McFarland from from I fifty nine twenty like like right. really like and then they guide you in. And and the person is sitting there, like the golf cart is parked in the spot that you're going to park in. So they move yeah. the golf cart. So you definitely have a parking spot. It's yeah. But isn't it so instructive that like on the one hand, I'm sure coaches at those other schools make excuses like, well, they're Alabama. They're going to get all the players. They send everybody to the NFL, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? If you're Arkansas or Mississippi State, get your stuff right. I mean, nobody's stopping you from organizing stuff better and and, and doing a laminated card and doing everything you possibly can to impress a player like Brock Vandegrift, right? Right. Those those are all things you you don't have to be Nick Saban to do. Everybody can do them. It's just Nick Saban does all the little details right, which is why he's Nick Saban and you're not. That's right. That's why he gets the players and he gets more players and he's never satisfied. So every part of that visit is perfect. You feel like, you are in, you know, you are in the hands of somebody who is going to do, who is going to maximize your talent while you're there. I, I was fascinated with what Greg Grandegriff said about the visit, though, or the in the, the time in the office with Nick Saban. Like, there's there's parts where the secretary comes in and and gives him an out if he needs it, but he blows yep. through those because he's he's actually interested in in Brock yep. as a player, and then they leave, and you're not really sure if you got offered a scholarship or not. Not great. They were warned. The Vandegrifts were warned this would happen by Brad Johnson, I believe. So, you know, they're in there and Nick is like, well, obviously we, we believe you can play here, but, but he never says you have an offer. So you leave and, and everybody's too scared to ask. I think that's, that's the really funny part. His secretary's walking in every 15 minutes saying, uh, coach, we got somebody on the line for you. And he says, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll get it later. And then by the third one, he says, okay, I got to take this call guys. Thanks so much. So, it's a well-oiled machine there in Tuscaloosa. It, it is truly amazing. So what was your what was your favorite dad that you took like who yeah. I, it, I I don't even, I don't mean the best quarterback dad, I mean the most yeah. entertaining quarterback dad. I mean, so in our area here is Trey Taylor and his mm-hmm. dad JR. JR was <clears throat> a very successful college player but at the FCS level, scored 40 something touchdowns at Eastern Illinois. And he's funny, like played with Romo, hand, right? Obs- yeah, absolutely. Played with Romo, and, and on the one hand, he's an obsessive quarterback dad, and on the other hand, like he's able to joke that when his wife Hillary was pregnant and had to go to the hospital, he was like, "Hey, I'm I'm drafting my fantasy team. You know, can I can I drop you off, or do I have to? Do I need to go inside with you?" And um, he's a really interesting cat. Like on the one hand, it's too much. My first reporting of the book, Andy, was I was at a seven on seven workout. And there's a drone flying overhead. And I <laughs> yeah. said, oh, what, what, what's with the drone? He said, oh, well, there's a there's a camera attached to it. And we're accumulating film for an Instagram highlights package. As if that was like a normal thing for just a workout. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of involvement. There's a lot of hiring and firing of quarterback trainers. Oh, but boy. the result is you've got you've got this, this kid in Trey Taylor who is polished, who's like a mini Patrick Mahomes, who's smart, respectful, funny. Uh, he's already been offered by the University of Maryland, and um, he's in the seventh grade. Yeah, <laughs> so I was going to say, he was born in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He doesn't graduate high school until 2027. Holds a Big Ten offer, and he's going to get more this summer. That is amazing. And the quotes from Trey are hilarious because Trey sounds Trey sounds like a 40 year old, and his dad sounds like a 12 year old. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I mean, Trey is very mature. Trey wakes up at 5 o'clock to a breakfast of uh, grilled chicken and oranges. Ooh, and then um, he's – he's <laughs> that's right. That'll be your first breakfast, your pre-breakfast breakfast. And then he'll often do yoga and speed training and quarterback training. And these kids are on Zoom calls at night. They're, I mean, you just can't believe how immersive it is now, Andy. It is, it, it is incredible. And the other – Interesting fact, and this has been reported. I, I somehow missed this. DJ Uyunglele has blocked his dad Dave on social media, and and I follow Big Dave Uyunglele yes. on social media, so yes. I understand it's why DJ would block him. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's an interesting situation, Teddy, because you know you talked to him as as that was going on, as you were reporting out the book. Meanwhile, yeah. that season at Clemson was not what they thought DJ was going to be. Yeah. I mean, I talked to him fortunately before last fall when big Dave was in big Dave mode and um, he's just obsessive. I mean, he really is. He thinks he's, he's being helpful. Perhaps he is. I mean, look what he's done for DJ and they have another son, Mateo, who's a five-star linebacker, I believe. So he's got these two incredible kids. Everybody raves about DJ's personality. Um, but Dave is the kind of guy who, you know, says to a quarterback trainer, hey, uh, we're coming to your camp and we're not paying because uh, we don't pay. And he's he's got some arrogance to him there. And he's he's turned off some people to, to where he got warnings like, hey, don't be LaMelo Ball. What's the dad? LeVar Ball. LeVar. Don't be LeVar Ball to the point yeah, LaMelo's where – LaMelo's doing okay. That's right. Don't be LeVar to the point where people are rooting against your kid because of you. Right. And he's got hashtag Big Dave's blueprint, but um, you know the kids are not feeling Big Dave, Big Dave's blueprint all the time. And exactly, DJ just wants less noise around him. Well, yeah, and and that's a fascinating situation because it, we've seen at Clemson before. If they felt like a previous year's starter wasn't getting it done, they will make a change with, yes. a, with a good true freshman. And Kate Klubnick is there now, right. so it it will be it'll be interesting to watch. But you know. With with some of these guys, uh, Peyton Ramsey was another one you that yeah. you mentioned who played at Indiana and Northwestern. He didn't have any of the quarterback coach, like the private quarterback coach. His dad was a high school coach, but right. none of the the guru coaching, which I find fascinating because everybody has a guy or like Mac Jones would work with like six guys. Wow, yeah, Peyton Ramsey. It's like he grew up in the '60s. He was just like. Three sport athlete, played basketball for all four years of high school. He got his football offer from Indiana after a basketball game. He said, I would have played four years of baseball if I was good enough. Basically never had a quarterback instructor. Now, his dad is is Doug Ramsey, who is a highly successful high school coach at Elder High School in Cincinnati. So Peyton was going to all these practices and watching all these games and learning, you know, probably from some watching some films. So he's an outlier. I mean, it is very hard to be a top college quarterback without a guru. Now you you just, you're behind everybody else has them. I mean, you know, there's so much to the position. 
starting with mechanics and then all the stuff you got to learn. So, you know, when that snap's coming, you know where every single guy on your team is going, and hopefully you know where all the defense is going to be too. You, you probably have to have a trainer now uh, to thrive. It's probably one in a hundred who doesn't. So after meeting, interviewing, sort of codifying all these different quarterback dads, yeah. what would your advice be to someone who has maybe a kid in middle school who has become the quarterback on his football team? What, yep. And you think maybe he has a future in it. What, what would yep. your advice be for the next few years? Yeah, I mean, one thing is like, don't think of it one size fits all. So I can give like general pieces of advice, but it really depends on your kid. I mean, the first thing you want to consider is should you coach your own kid? Yeah. Generally speaking, it's smarter. It's good. It's good if you volunteer for his team. But if your kid's a quarterback, it's better if you coach the wide receivers or the defensive backs. You know, Greg Vandegrift talked about that. You know, you coach my kid, I coach your kid, the dads talk, and they're exchanging advice that way because we know a lot of kids won't listen to their parents, but they will listen to a different authority figure. So that's certainly and, one and right And you tend there. to be harder on your own kid, maybe unnecessarily too. Sometimes some are harder and some think their kid is the greatest thing ever. And, you know, he threw for 270 yards, but it would have been 370 if the receivers weren't terrible and the offensive coordinator didn't screw him. So oh, you, you and and, yeah. and and you can you can pick those guys out because I my, my son played middle school football as a sixth grader last year. I remember, there was one game they played, and and my son had a a fantastic coach whose whose kid was not on the team. His kid was older and played on the high school team, and so he didn't play favorites, didn't care who played, you know who who was who, and, and just played the the best players. We're uh, here. I'm being the wee dad, but. They're playing a team up in Jacksonville, and one of the you can tell that the quarterback is is the coach's kid because they, they he's, the coach is just on him the whole time, and yes. and the kid looks miserable. And yes. they won they run one trick play with some other kid, and that kid scores immediately. And I'm like, oh. what are we doing here? And they uh, the, the my son's team won the game like fifty four to seven. Like the only touchdown they scored was was the other kid. And I'm like, and I'm just watching this dad just go in on his son, the 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 regular quarterback. I'm like, golly, this is miserable. I walked up to my son's coach and thanked him. Yeah. <laughs> right after that, I was like, thank you for not being That's that right. guy. So, That's right. I mean, one of the QB uh, father sons we should mention quickly are the Underwoods. And Bryce Underwood yeah. is the number one ranked freshman quarterback. And he's already led his team in Belleville, Michigan, to a state title at Ford Field. The kid's like 14 years old. And his dad, Jay, is just struggling to let it go. Like his dad was always his coach, and now he volunteers on the team. He should just be up in the bleachers enjoying it. But instead, he wants to be on the field helping out special teams or different things. And I, I think the son is trying to be like, Dad, please, just let me – when the son throws an interception, he goes to the sideline and doesn't know whether he should talk to his quarterback's coach or his dad. So you got these awkward situations. And look, I'm a QB, not a QB dad. I'm a soccer dad, Andy, and we go through all this too. I mean, the other day, oh, my daughter scores the first goal of the game, and it's fantastic for there. But other times she's playing defense and she gets beat. And I one time was like, be better, L. And she just turned around and goes, you're not my coach. And I said, you're right. My fault. <laughs> we'll be right back after these words. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing is I, I just I don't want to be that dad with my kid. I, I've I've never wanted to be that. I I remember when I was in high school watching the dads who stood there and watched practice the whole time, and it drove me I it drove me nuts, and I wasn't even right. a kid. And so I don't want to be that that guy. But it, it is interesting how much with with a lot of these QB dads, how much they are personally investing financially oh, yeah. in this. How much does that play into the obsession? Hundred percent. You know, like NIL are obviously huge letters. What about ROI? I think yeah. there's so much sense of we need a return on our investment here. We're shelling out thousands of dollars for the for travel and for training i mean you know going all around the country to get you know the best trainers the one who meshes the best with my kid because that's probably a status thing if you're in you know chicago oh well my trainer's in texas you know oh okay well that's a bigger deal than just taking the local guy right um so there's massive money going out there so a lot of you know parents are at least saying my kid has to get a scholarship he has to get his college paid for to justify all the amount we're putting in Hopefully other parents are just saying like, hey, maybe we can use football to, I don't know, perhaps get into a better school or get into an Ivy League or get into Colgate or maybe some some really good academic school where they wouldn't have been able to get into but are using football for that. Yeah, it, it is. I think kind of knowing what you want on the front end probably helps and and may calm that down. It's it's the ones that get caught mm -hmm. in this recruiting whirlwind that seem to to really go crazy. And yeah. that's that's because there are some points where I'm re I was reading your book and I just felt bad for the kids. Like, Absolutely. I feel like I, I want to go up to them and go, OK, go play video games with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> just yes. does, yeah. stop worrying yeah. about this for two minutes. Well, it's like Sam Johnson and Dewan Mathis, a little bit of Joe Milton. I mean, you've got guys who've just been at like all, sort of all these different schools and they can't really find a, a spot where they're comfortable. And now, of course, the minute something goes wrong, oh, I got to I got to transfer. You got to start at a new place because th this place is bad for me. Um, but Andy, when you say that about the video games, it just reminds me of Archie Manning because Peyton was so ridiculously intense. I mean, he was obsessed yes. with football. <laughs> when he was like 11 or 12 years old. I mean, two, two quick ones, like, you know, his school was supposed to have tackle football starting like the seventh grade. And then when Peyton's in the fifth grade, the school announces we're not going to have tackle football till the eighth grade. So, so Archie turns to Olivia and says, you don't think Peyton's going to burn down the school, do you? <laughs> and, you know, Peyton's the kid who's going to little league games, who's, you got to take extra infield practice and you got to take extra BP. And Archie's like, would you calm down? Some kids just want to show up. So it's just most kids you're motivating more. And with Peyton, he was actually holding him back. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. You got to know your kid, too, because a lot of this, a lot of times I think some of this seems obsessive on the dad's part when really they're just kind of doing what the kid wants. And I, that that talking to Mac Jones's parents, that was an interesting mm. one because it was him who pushed them into all that stuff. And because mm. they you know the his dad had played tennis in college uh so did his mom uh, they were you know they understood athletics they were very driven people both were attorneys but their thing was we are not going to invest to do this until unless it is something they that the child is very serious about they have to be the one to be the proactive one and push us into it and then we will we'll give them whatever they need but they have to 
show that that's what they want. So I do think sometimes sometimes we get on these dads a little too hard because they are just you know doing what the kid would prefer to do. But I will say the ones who always think it's somebody else's fault. Yeah. If there's a way to to just you don't want to get rid of them because you want them to just be better dads. Like you want to you want to put them in and like take them to a retreat for two days and just yeah. When they come back, they're not blaming everyone else. Yeah, just be like forty percent of what you are now, and and it's but it's such a good point. And and as we like approach Father's Day, like it's a good reminder. Like these are not absentee dads. That's a much bigger issue in society. The dads who don't show up and you know cut out on the kid. Like these are overly involved dads. So, you know, there's one in Detroit, Jamal Doggett and his adorable son, Josiah. And Josiah shows up for games wearing a fake arm tattoo sleeve and he's got customized cleats. And the dad says he's already been offered a thousand dollars to change youth teams. And the dad is videotaping everything. But guess what? The dad is working the overnight shift at the Ford plant. Um, to make so we can happen. wake up with Josiah and yeah. take him to speed and, and, and quarterback training in the afternoon. So it's like, they're too much, but you still salute them because it's better than being uninvolved. Exactly. So speaking of Father's Day, this is a great gift for Father's Day. If folks want to buy the quarterback dads, where would they find it? Well, uh, it's amazing that you asked that question. I appreciate that very much. I think the website is somewhere here. So it's qbdads.com is really the best way because we've got mm-hmm. a lot of information on there and we've got merch and I probably should be wearing uh, my quarterback dad's quarter zip right now, which I yes. think is devilishly handsome. Um, and we've got hats and we've got um, T-shirts, both for kids and adults. So really good merch. And like, go ahead and do it now. You know, we're all going to be in a, a spot like four days before Father's Day where we're like, shoot, what am I getting my dad? So this is the place to do it. You can also get yeah. it on Amazon, but it's better if you do it on the website. Well, if you are a college football fan, you will be fascinated by this because there's a lot of people you know that you remember. And there's some people that that you're going to meet who I think we're probably going to be well acquainted with over the next few years. And I told Teddy when he called about this, this project, I said, you got a franchise on your hands because now I'm ready for softball dads. Yes. I'm, I'm ready for soccer dads. I, oh, Teddy, Teddy. I mean, call Pat Forty now because you're going to have to interview him first. Swimming dads. Swim dads is going to be Swim crazy. Dads. <laughs> Swim well, dads is gonna there. be is gonna make this look like nothing. Write three hundred pages off the top of his head. I will I will share with you this. You know we were talking about football moms. That was your idea, which I love. Um, Donovan was in town and he shows me a text message. He says, "Read this." It says, "Like, hey, coach, uh, you know you you need to talk to my high school coach because my kid needs some more stats." He goes, "This is from a mom." <laughs> so. They are becoming as crazy and intense. Listen, mom, mama wants to, mama wants numbers too. Mama needs touchdowns. She needs <laughs> yards. She needs lots of attempts. The, the the best. I think this was a Donovan story that that was in the book, uh, or or it was a, a quarterback coach of some of some kind calls a dad who had left one you know taking his kid out of a high school and put him in a different high school and, right. and calls him and says how's it going and, and the dad's like oh it's great they're losing every game but he's throwing every play yeah this is a real conversation yeah you, you know hey dad how's the game going great oh really you guys are winning oh no we're getting killed but, but he's throwing on every play 
like, what is uh, wrong with you people? Seriously. Oh, I mean, don't goodness. like lose sight of it. I think that might've come from, uh, I think that was a Phil Sims. That oh, that's right. It was, it was, it was. Yep. which by the way, very unusual as a quarterback dad, Phil Sims saying, if he had to do it all over again, he would control the recruitment and college selection. Cause Chris Sims had such a, uh, crappy experience. I think, I think Major Applewhite would appreciate that too. So. It would have been better for all. Wow, Teddy, thank you so much. This is this is awesome. I so I'm telling you guys, QBDads.com. Go check it out. Go get the book. I read it in a day. I could not put it down. It was awesome. It's it'll be a great beach read this summer for you. So, Teddy, thank you so much. This has been. Unbelievably enjoyable, Andy. Love the questions, love the conversation, and great to see you, man. Come back to Chicago so we can go to a Cubs game, okay? We will do that. We will go to Pequod's and, and have yes. a little pizza. Uh, we may go to uh, the Purple Pig. So some- good. Communal oh, tables yeah. and an incredible, incredibly diverse menu. I get get some uh, crispy ears. Some that's what I. That's where I was place. going. I was going to the ears. <laughs> Absolutely, Teddy Greenstein. Thank you so much. <laughs>